Blog Talk Radio. Okay, I'm here. Yay! Let me know, Stephanie, if you can hear me loud and clear. I think we're good. And um, hopefully we'll get the callers to call back in. I Yes, I've got a big yes from my producer. And so if my uh, Facebook manager is listening, let's go ahead and post this on Facebook that I am now live on the air and they can call in. Thanks for those that were patient and stayed with me. Let's get into today's topic. And we've got two giveaways today that I'm very excited about. We have a type, we're talking about the mistakes. In our series, the five mistakes series, we're now looking at the type for mom. And of course, you don't wake up and say, how can I make a mistake today? You know, this is not intentional. These are accidental mistakes and you you want to know about them because they're going to be potentially wounding for your children and I had a well the type so we're going to give away a type for dressing your truth course plus um, thanks to one of our partners we have a tube of girly glue plus 12 of their accessories this is a fabulous product that you can use with infants and small little girls that you it's very safe and natural to attach hair accessories with girly glue we're going to give away one of those today as well so call in to win one of our two giveaways. Now, I had someone post on Facebook about the five mistakes headline using the word mistake. And this particular fan wrote, I wish the title of this article didn't have five mistakes. Makes the mom's guilt kick into full effect, and I don't even want to read the article. Maybe five ways of redirecting type two mom's energy or something positive-based would be better. So my response to that is... um, they are mistakes, plain and simple. I, I fessed up last week and talk, talking about the type three mom mistakes. They play out as mistakes. They're mistakes, people. We make mistakes. It's when we attach our self-worth to the experience of a mistake that it takes you out. So if you feel your value is based on the choices you make and the behavior that you exhibit day to day and the cause and effect of your life, then you're going to be taken out a lot with guilt and shame that you're worthless. See, I've been able to disconnect from my activity of life, my doings of life, with my constant established uh, connecting with my inner self-worth. It is a constant. It's there all the time. Always been there. We're raised in a society and a culture that says it's what you do that matters more than who you be. And who the being of you is a constant, constant expression of truth and value and worth. And so it's okay that you make mistakes as a mother. You're going to. 
You each need to own that fact that motherhood, parenthood is a challenge. And I've given you a huge advantage with understanding your child's true nature so that you can minimize and almost completely alleviate mistakes, if so being. And and the interesting thing about guilt, if guilt is about your worth, you feel guilty because you feel worthless, that's a shame-based reference to guilt. There is a healthy version of guilt. Guilt can be an effective response to life when saying, I have an opportunity to make a different choice here to create a different cause and effect. So that guilt is a red flag to prompt me to be engaged in that change. So that's healthy guilt. See the difference? Do not attach your self-worth to your behavior. Recognize it's a function of your role. And in that role, continue to see where you can make improvements. And so don't be so taken out by the word mistake. It has its place in our parenting experience. Let's get into the five mistakes that the type four mom can make. The first one is you can come across too critical and harsh with your children. And I asked them, actually my producer is a type four mom, Stephanie, and she was gracious enough to share where she sees this happening. And so she's willing to now show up and say, raise a hand, I make these mistakes. And she's willing to put herself forward and say, yes, I'm making them. I've made them, and I'm very conscious of them, and I'm, I'm choosing differently, and I catch myself when they sneak in. And she writes, I've given my type 1 eight-year-old permission to tell me when I speak too harshly with her. Yesterday, she came to me almost in tears and said, Mom, can you please talk nicer? You're talking really mean. I was under a lot of stress and trying to do too many things at once, and as a result, I was speaking in a very sharp and critical way. I could tell it took a lot of courage for her to say that to me. So even though I was stressed and maxed out, I instantly changed. I said I was sorry, told her I wasn't mad at her, and thanked her for speaking up. Oh, Stephanie, I love this. You have empowered your child to have a voice. You know, you have these energy centers. One is called the throat chakra. It's an energy center. You are helping your child's throat chakra be well and balanced to have a voice appropriately in her life experience. Kudos to you. I love this story. The second mistake that a type 4 mom can make is your perfecting nature can demand a lot from your children. Stephanie shares, I find myself trying to get my children to do everything all the time. During these times, I need to remind myself that it's okay if rooms aren't cleaned until the weekend. It's okay if my kids forget to clear the dishes from the table sometimes. Overall, they are learning good habits. I can't expect my kids to organize their worlds with the same efficiency I naturally organize mine. I know I'm being overly demanding on them when my daughter breaks down in tears and my son gets overly defiant. My intention is not to let it come to that point, but I don't realize I'm being demanding on those clues. And those clues are what help me realize I need to focus on what matters and let other things go. And so in Stephanie's case, she has two high-movement children, a type 1 daughter and a type 3 son. And her natural approach to life is a, and yours as a type 4 mom, is efficiency. You just operate effortlessly with more efficiency. It is a gift. And so when applied to to matters that are personal and matters where it's not, where it's a job, it's a um, hobby, it's something in your life you can apply that to without interference, it's a perfect way for you to express it. When you're projecting it and creating 
your family atmosphere to operate according to your particular efficiency protocols, your children can feel confined, overwhelmed, and stressed, as Stephanie points out. The third mistake is you can be inflexible when plans need to change or when your way of doing things isn't working. And that's, you know, you got that's a tricky one because, again, your mind works in a very linear process. You have an intellectual connection to the world. And so you can see the preferred path, the preferred direction. You just, you know, it's like, why can't everybody just join me here? <laughs> Come on. This is the better way. And Stephanie shares, my type for mom hated interruptions of all sorts. She hated to be interrupted when she was speaking or focused on a project. She really hated it when my dad's parents would suddenly stop by the house unannounced. Anytime she was in position where she had to change directions for the day, she would get really frustrated and icy. This is coming from, this is someone else sharing this. It's not Stephanie, because Stephanie had a type 1 mom, but this is a type 3 uh, adult that's sharing. As a type 3, I wish she would have been willing to change directions abruptly if an adventure showed up instead of getting angry and trying to stick to her plans. Now, I think that's interesting that that rigidness when there's this um, natural response of getting more rigid, which can be felt to others as being icy, it's an effort to try and keep things from shifting. It's sort of the counter move to things going a different way or playing out differently. There's this energetic uh, response of, no, let's hold it, you know, holding it. Let's keep it where it is, this resistance, this rigidity. And then people will uh, be, uh, they'll label that and you get judged in a negative way, which nobody wants. We all want to be loved and accepted for who we are. So you need to really, when are you too rigid coming off icy to your children? Um, You really want them to know that they're always welcome to connect with you. Do you have a welcoming energy or is there a resistance energy up for you? And a good technique you can do, type four people tend to spend a lot of time energetically in their head. There's a lot of energy running around the brain and in the um, upper, this upper uh, brain space. And you need to drop into your heart. And you can just literally put your hand on the top of your head. Put in, These are actual energy points. Chakra 7, which is your crown chakra, is on the top of your head. Hand on top of head. Middle of forehead, your intuition, put your fingertips there in the middle of your forehead, bring it down to your throat, breathe in, bring your hand down to your heart. I like to do that with a prayer position with my hands. I actually, the um, putting my palms together, I'll put my thumb on my crown, my thumbs with my hands together, I'll bring them down to the middle of my forehead, touch my fingertips to my throat, place my hand on my heart. That brings energy down into the heart, into your emotional center. So when you're getting too heady, connect with your heart. Drop into your emotion. Drop into your feelings. And you've got, because you want to have the, you're a deep feeling human being. You want to have the benefit of that feeling state to couple with your mental capacities. The fourth mistake is you set standards that your children can't live up to. 
this particular uh, reader shared, my mom had a ton of rules. She was off in the house, no eating in the car, no eating anywhere in the house except at the table. Don't slam door or cabinets. It would have been supportive to me if she had just chosen one or two to enforce. I'm a type one, and I often felt stifled at home. You know, I think of a home where they used to put plastic on all the furniture <laughs> and plastic pathways so the carpet didn't get touched. There's no hominess there. It's don't mess anything up. You have to do it my way. And then children learn that if they're not catering to these functions, then somehow that's attached to um, mom's not happy unless we do these things. You do not want your children's doings connected to whether you're happy or not. You need to show them you're a pleasant, balanced human being and that those doings are just to what what is a child, what does a child need to, what does, sorry, my granddaughter just walked in the room. Yeah, go ahead. My cute type three granddaughter is here with us in Hawaii with her mommy and daddy, Anne and Tanner. So what I'm saying is that your, you want to make your presence, who you are, emotionally and mentally, a stable factor in your home not connected to the functions of your home. Are you independent of that? Can you operate your emotional and mental stability in a way that if something isn't playing out exactly how you want it, that you will be able to maintain that stability and balance? So, so check that out. How connected are you to those functions? The fifth mistake is your tendency to be black and white in your thinking can cause conflicts with your children when they disagree with you or don't see it your way. So if you have to be right, choose being happy over being right. You may be right for yourself, but you need to be right in regards to the situation. How often can your children have a different point of view? How often can they feel very differently about an experience in life and you're able to be open to that is their truth and maybe not yours. And that especially is the case when children grow older and need um, the independence of establishing their own value system, their own spirituality, and their own morality as to what they feel is correct with your, with your proper guidance, you being a healthy role model to instill in them and help develop in them what I believe are characteristics for all human beings, which are generosity, gratitude, um, charity, the ability to be a moral, decent, kind human being who chooses um, from a very high vibration. So fun things to learn about yourself. It's okay to uh, know that you make these mistakes and that you're always in the art of improving yourself because that's what your gift is, to bring refinement and balance and more perfecting to the world. Let's go to our phone lines. We have um, our first caller. It's Chelsea. Hi, Chelsea. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, Carol. Thank you. Yeah, and you are a winner. Oh, awesome. I have one. Would you prefer cool. to get addressing your truth course or some girly glue? You know, I love the dressing your truth course. Oh, great. Do you own one yet? I do, but my mom is a type four, and she doesn't have one yet. That's fabulous. That will be a lovely gift to share with her. So I'm glad that she will uh, love you that. are receiving that. 
So thank you so much. You are welcome, and you have a one-year-old type two son who wakes up at night, and then he doesn't go back yes. to sleep very quickly. <laughs> no, um, he he uh, has been doing this um, for the last at least six months, but he'll just wake up um, about midnight, and then if I'm holding him, he will fall asleep. But as soon as I set him down, he wakes up screaming and and he and his sister share a room so I don't want him to wake her up so I've been not not every night but most nights he will do this and and either dad or I have to hold him and then um I just wonder if this is like he's just relying on our energy to keep up feel feel comforted um and then if if that's the case what can I do to help him feel at ease or more comfortable because um, I, I just feel like we try everything and nothing, nothing. How old more. is this? How old is this? So they have to share a room? Um, yes, they have to share a room because they only have a two-bedroom place. Okay. How old yeah. is she? And then, and she's three. So she's a type okay. four. Uh-huh. So there's this feeling he wants to be closer, more closely connected with you. What's your response uh-huh. when he wakes up? Are you, you may, oh, I mean, there's a uh, difference between what you say and being able to kind of be pleasant, but what's your emotional state? Um, I'm, Are you, I'm okay. I feel like it's more my husband has a harder time with it. Um, he's a little more abrupt yeah. with, um, Getting we it ate. solved, and he, he's actually a type two also, and so it it um it, it's never I can tell by his cry <laughs> that it's not right when when my husband gets up with him, I can tell by his cry yeah. that it's not going to resolve itself. So I usually well yeah that, that's what I'm picking up I'm picking up on the um the response to his waking up will 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 influence the direction of it. If the parent that's dealing with it is upset, the type two who's a sensitive being is going to read that energy on a subconscious level and feel very stressed and overwhelmed and then go into more distress. Okay. See, the, the parent that's thinking that that's a discipline and you need to discipline a child at this moment, you're going to now re- provoke what you don't want, which is more upset, more okay. emotional um, trauma. Well, and so, that's what he's feeling. Like my husband's saying that he needs to just cry it out, and I, and I, no, you know, I don't think so. I just don't just feel like he will do that. Actually, for type so. two, I mean, you might. There are type three children. I could say, yeah, that's a good move in a certain, in a certain scenario. That you got to just, they're, they're just, they're now in competition with you. But a type two child, that's just wounding. That's going to be wounding. And so right. if you're, if you're, if the if your husband can't meet him with a peaceful presence and comforting presence, uh-huh. then maybe you have to step in and say, I've got to be the one to show up because um, what we need to do here is meet him with a peaceful and comforting presence and he'll go back to sleep. So, so because of the abruptness and um, he, he's being wounded, so it takes extra time for him to feel comforted. That's what you're saying. Yeah, but you can swing that pretty quick. 
I think once you okay. establish predictability here, that he's going to be met with comfort and, and patience, then okay. he'll start to, you know, go back to sleep more readily and then possibly, you know, not even wake up eventually. This, you create your own patterns with these, See, with a child that's one years old, their their neurology and their their kind of biochemistry is is developing, and parents will establish their own patterns with their children with these sort of um, emotional responses to become quite predictable, and then they'll think okay. it's just the child being defiant and the child being difficult. So now we need to respond with discipline. And it's like no, your one year old's brain is getting wired. And it's learning, you know, it's it's under stress. <laughs> and so okay. you cannot fault a one-year-old. They don't have a rational thinking mind to be contriving. This is right. all a, right. a, a pattern being provoked by the, you, you, can, you can swing it into a peaceful outcome and result, resolution, or this is the kind of thing that can last for months because you keep meeting it with, a error. The the response okay. you're meeting it with is an error, and so it's going to stimulate what you don't want. You're stimulating your son to go into hypersensitive reaction. Okay. By the, okay. He's he's reading the emotion, going. Okay. I'm in trouble. You know, he's not thinking that. He can't. It's just his system is. I it's it's responding as though it's wrong. traumatic. Okay. Okay. Well, so then as I establish a new pattern for him and going to sleep, and then I just show my husband. Yeah, you just say, I don't, I don't agree with your parenting approach. Okay. And I, and I've tried to talk to him about that and he, he doesn't understand. Um, He read the book. He hasn't. Uh -uh. So you go watch me. Okay. okay. Show him how it works, and then say okay. create some credibility, and say I, I'd like you to read this book. Okay, I will do that. So I'll just, so. I'll just introduce that to him better. So yeah, thank you. And um, <laughs> will you please email parenting at liveyourtruth.com and say that you won the Type Four course, and uh, my producer will respond and help you out with that. And then our next caller is Heather, who's a type 3 mom with a two-year-old. Hi, Heather. Hi. Hi. You won uh, some girly glue hi, today. Do you have a little girl in your life? You can I do. Or you can use my, it for a baby gift, too. Either one. I um, My little girl is actually um, six and a half months. Seven months? She'll be she'll seven months next week. So... Okay. So email parenting at Live Your Truth as you're the recipient of the Girly Glue giveaway today. Hey, awesome. So Thank in you. your case, you have a two-year-old who only wants mom. Yes. But um, she's my a, husband's a type is two. A, and, okay. Oh, go ahead. Is um, this, he's a, familiar this is a boy with or a girl? The child whisperer. Oh, he's a boy. Okay. My two-year-old is a boy. A boy. Um, okay. And so my husband, type two husband, he's familiar with everything. Uh, he he knows your name, and he knows when I reference talking about Carol and the blog and the podcast. Okay. <laughs> he's familiar with Thank it all. You. And we've actually read the section um, from the Child Whisperer on type threes together. 
So he's very uh-huh. conscientious of the whole concept. But um, okay. I've noticed and I've been cognizant of things have been going really well with my son. It's been so great having this information to know how to raise a type 3. And I've been, again, experiencing a lot of healing through the process of raising him Good. and recognizing Good. things I need to fix um, for myself. But now we've de- I've noticed this pattern, and I'm not quite sure what need he has of not being met. And it's the adversity, the challenge seems to come mostly at nighttime. So for bedtime and the whole getting ready for bed, he always wants mommy to help brush his teeth, and he always wants yeah, mommy to take right, him back right. to bed. And I, okay, I so tried helping be, him. That's becoming, um, he's doing this kind of like, don't tell me what to do. You tell him, you try and get him to go to dad, he's going to be resistant and, and no, no. He's going to push back. He's going to push against it. Like, no, right. don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me to do that. In fact, <laughs> it's a little, with Katie, who's three and a half, see if, if her mom says, go to grandma, you know, or do, you know, no, no, ew, you know, I don't want anything to do with grandma. Right. I could take that personally and be, you know, but I think uh, she's three and a half. She has no capacity to not like me. I mean, this is a right. total just don't tell me what to do response from a type three. And if he takes it personal, then that's just going too far with it. It's like it's really no big deal. It is a no big deal thing. Now, if Katie were to say, and this is our kind of, we laugh because we go, we're kind of teaching her to be disobedient because I'll say, don't you give me a hug. Don't even think about giving me a hug. No, 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 <laughs> don't. I will not let you get out, go, stop. And she's looking at me like, oh, yeah? And she'll come up and you. I'll <laughs> say, dang it. You, yeah. You, oh, you always, you know, you just, you're so good at doing what you want, you know. So we play with that energy to kind of just say, at this point, you know, at some point, she's going to go, whatever. You guys, I figured it out. You know? <laughs> I'm right. Not, I'm not three and a half anymore. But see, the more you kind of like go to, you know, you try and convince them, it's not going to work. You just have to kind of play really like it's no big deal and play kind of with the whole challenge aspect of it. Uh, okay. Uh, I really don't think that your child has any aversion to his father. It's more that it's becoming, you're making it a big deal. And this child is kind of like, oh, I'll show you who's in charge. And it's not you on this matter. Oh, right. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I'm not going to tell me to do, because you're really kind of bugging me now that you're overworking this thing. Okay. Don't make it such a big deal. Right. And I hadn't even viewed it as that. I guess I had kind of been thinking of it as, oh, dang it, I'm creating a problem somewhere else. Or, oh, I haven't met his needs somewhere else. Or I, but that yeah. makes sense because I know it, at I night it. I'm tired or I'm nursing the baby and say, no, daddy needs to do this. It's almost more of a, a command and a forceful thing rather than a, I think the challenging him, I think that would be really helpful. I hadn't really ever considered that. It's <laughs> a good idea. Yeah, or even to just say, can you beat dad to your room? Don't even get into it. Just go, dad's going to beat you up to your room. You better get going. Yes. See, like get him engaged where you don't even have any of this, this whole reference to 
you got to go with dad and not me. I mean, your type three child is not going to think about it. (laughs) Right. What? Dad's going to beat me? Okay, I'm on my way. (laughs) Yes. Okay. That's genius. Thank you, Carol. You're welcome. And thank you. And successful. Just so you know, to tell you a success from your last of the the five mistakes from the type three mom, I've definitely taken to heart one of them and have been or self impressed last time to make sure I did get a babysitter to have help watch the kids while I accomplish something else. And twice uh-huh. a week now, I have someone watching the kids for just three hours. And my son now says goodbye when I'm walking out the door, and he says, see you later. <laughs> and as soon as I come back, he welcomes me, and we have so much more fun together because I feel so oh, much yeah. more refreshed going off to uh-huh. work because I'm actually going off to work and get started on a side business for us. And okay. anyway, it's so needed. A type three mom good. like me really does need that time away. <laughs> yeah, or even if so. I'm even – when I was getting that kind of help, um, I would hire teenagers to drive, and I'd only have them maybe take the kids to the park or I'd take, send them on an outing. So I was home alone, and I got a lot done. Yes. Once like, we find a you're sitter gonna in the car, we're going to do that. <laughs> yeah, because that – or, again, if you take them to somebody, you're able to – or you can even have them – it's a little trickier, but you can train your children to respond to – whoever's assisting them in the home while you say this is mom's time and I am not available for an hour. Not available. Right. Go right. To, you know, so good for you. I'm glad that uh, yeah. you're seeing that need and, and making it work for yourself. I appreciate you calling in today. Got a couple more email questions that we're going to um, get into here. We've got a type for mom who writes, I taught school for 10 years, and I like to help my children with their schoolwork when they ask. My daughter is a type for 11-year-old. Every night she asks me to look at her homework to make sure it's correct. She accepts my feedback about her English homework, but when I correct her math papers, she gets very angry and tells me, I just don't understand her logic. She isn't willing to look at the errors of her logic. I feel she has an inner conflict. She wants her worksheet to be all correct, yet she doesn't want me to tell her she's wrong. What suggestions can you give me to help with the situation? That, um, I go beyond, there's something, so she's okay with that you're giving her feedback on her English. I, that's the issue you want to have a conversation with her about. It's not necessarily the math, but it's a, honey, you come to mom and you say you want feedback and you seem to be okay with me giving you feedback on your English. But when I give you feedback on your math, you get very upset and you refuse to take my feedback. Why is that? What, what is, um, why, why are you resisting that? Because I, I don't want to put you in this position where you have to be resistive. Am I doing it? Is it how I'm saying it? Is it the words I'm using? Are you feeling stupid? Some, see, that that's the thing. A type 4 child uh, might feel like, I should have known that. I feel stupid that I didn't see that, that I've missed it. I work with um, very closely with my type 4 son. I've mentioned Stephanie, this podcast, who is my producer, is also a type 4 energy. Um, I work very closely with another type 4 uh, woman is part of our outreach team, and there's this tendency that if I give them feedback about things that could be improved, it's like that's their job to see the inefficiency. I'm the type three in their world. How could I have seen it before them? So 
I think what's going on is it's maybe between the English and the math, this comes up then where it's like I feel stupid and I feel embarrassed and that's shameful to me and I should have seen this myself. So rather than having the voice and the words and the language to say, Mom, I feel stupid and that's making me feel ashamed, she gets angry, says, you know, I don't want your feedback. I don't want what you're telling me. And I think that's at the core of this. Maybe there's just too much feedback in one given moment, and it stirs that up. That will be a natural response that you learn when you go through energy profiling as a type 4 person that it's like, oh, wow, I do. Deep down, I feel inadequate of some kind, or I should have known better. And then what comes out is this resistance and refusal to kind of take feedback because of this shame now I'm dealing with because I've got all this emotion coming up and I don't know how to deal with it. So help her understand that um, there's no shame to her not seeing something but and to, to, to learn how to manage that emotional response so that it doesn't take her out and make then provoke behavior that can be... Um, uh, come across harsh, where the behavior seems quite harsh then, based on that shame that she's not aware of how to manage. Our next female question that came in is from a type 1 mom, and she writes, what do I do when my kids hate school? No bullying or unusual problems are going on. Just boring and endless schoolwork. My 13-year-old type 1 son and 10-year-old type 4 daughter are having the most difficulty with it. I understand that the structure and tediousness are hard for my type 1, and the outside authority dictating so much of her life is hard for my type 4 child. I feel like the school system is crushing their desire to learn. How can I support their emotional and mental health, while at the same time helping them accomplish the schoolwork that's necessary for success in the system? That's a a, um, big issue to be concerned about and what are your variables there as far as is the teacher not a match for them can you have more influence on the teacher you know who they're spending time with in the school what are your different options for education in your uh, area whether it's you know there's public schools charter schools homeschool networks there's a lot of variety there you may not be I was not the mom that was inclined to do homeschooling, but I was very aware of teacher-child matching, that I wanted certain uh, teachers for my children, and I was willing to even influence a change when the teacher was not a good match. And so is your type 1 child son's teacher so, is it a type 4 or a type 2 teacher that can't support his need for high movement? Where would there be a more fun and open learning environment for him? And your type 4 daughter, is she recognized as her own authority and supported in that in her learning process? So there's some opportunities for you to look at new options and there's opportunities to Share this information with the educators in your world. I hear from parents. I uh, just recently even heard from a mom who wrote us and said, Carol, I'm really excited. I just shared the child whisper with our principal and vice principal, and they're reading it. I'll let you know how it goes. And that's, you know, this is a grassroots kind of movement at this point. This information is in your hands to help 
share with others so that they can learn the nature of children and I, and to share the, the insights you know about your children and ask and pray that you'll be guided in how to do that. So I believe you'll get answers. I know you will as you seek them and ask for inspiration and be willing to consider things that you thought you might not want to do that if you're moved to do, you will feel inspired to do. That was really good. Please open your mind to things that maybe you've considered you didn't want to do, that you're meant to do, that you'll be, you know, inspired to do, and when you're inspired, you'll be moved to do it because uh, it's correct and you're seeking assistance. So thanks for tuning in for today's show. Uh, We are having a lot of fun in the Dressing Your Truth world. It's DYT Makeup Month. All makeup is 10% off in the Dressing Your Truth online store, and I invite all mothers to go through my free energy profiling course, all parents actually, fathers as well, at dressingyourtruth.com forward slash forward slash social. And at any time, if you email my support, you're ready to start dressing your truth, email support at dressingyourtruth.com and say, Carol said I could purchase the Dressing Your Truth course for $99. You email them. Tell them that you heard it from me on the podcast. I'll set you up. Every mother benefits from dressing her truth beyond the obvious of looking and feeling amazing. It's a deep core supportive system that helps you live your truth in a more constant manner every day of your life. So last week uh, we posted, just put up on the blog, the, the the cliff notes from the type to Mom Mistakes podcast with the actual podcast audio to listen to right there on the blog that you can catch up with that if you've not already read or listened to that. And then you can subscribe to iTunes, to Child Whisper on iTunes. Just look me up at itunes.com forward slash Carol Tuttle. Launching a 22-city tour starting the first week of March. I'm going to be in California, starting with Sacramento, San Francisco, San Jose, and Irvine. So go to facebook.com forward slash the Carol Tuttle and light up. I'd love to meet you in one of those cities. I'm also hosting at what we're calling a VIP dinner. It's an exclusive small group dinner um, that you, if you buy the VIP ticket, you'll have dinner with me, and I'd be happy to support you in understanding your true nature, making sure, you know, if you want that feedback on your own type, on your children's type, there'll be some time for that in our VIP experience. And in most cases, you are correct. You are profiling yourself and your family directly. It's just fun to have a conversation where I can support you a little bit further in that journey. So check out those VIP tickets, and I'd love to meet you in one of the upcoming cities that first week of March. Thanks for tuning in. Check out The Child Whisper on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash The Child Whisper. And we have those wonderful private groups for parents that you can share stories, receive support for all four types of children in our private Facebook group. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for tuning in today. As a teacher, healer, speaker, best-selling author of The Child Whisperer, and mother of five children, 
Carol Tuttle is honored to help you take the power struggle out of parenting and better understand the children in your life. If you'd like Carol to answer your question, call in next time or email your question to parenting at liveyourtruth.com. Carol invites you to learn more about the four types of children at thechildwhisperer.com and connect with her at thecarolblog.com. If you haven't read The Child Whisperer yet, get your copy through the Child Whisperer website and enjoy happier, more successful, more cooperative children.